welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Life and Grief Coach. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 90, Infertility and Job Loss with Kelly K. Walker. I'm super excited to share this interview with you today. Kelly is an amazing person and we are just thrilled. I'm just thrilled to that I was able to do this interview and able to share it with you. It was interesting when Kelly and I first started talking about doing this interview. She's got some amazing tools that she teaches people. But her first comment was to me was that I don't really have any losses. But then as we talked, we realized her life has been filled with losses. And sometimes we just don't even recognize the losses that we've, that we've endured. I know you're going to enjoy this interview. But before we get started, of course, I have to give you the book report. It is coming out on July 15th. The pre-orders are right now. So you can go to Amazon and you can order your own copy of Miracles in the Darkness, Building a Life After Loss. You can look it up by my name, Julie Clough, or you can look it up under the book title. We also have a workshop coming up. Our virtual workshop is going to be on July 9th. That's this Thursday evening at 6.30 Mountain Time. And all the information for getting registered for that is in the show notes. But you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, backslash B-L-A-L July with a capital J, and that'll take you right to the registration. So you don't want to miss that. We'll be talking about how our grief affects the brain and what you can do about it and the gifts really that we receive from grief, why grief is not really a bad thing. We experience losses and we experience grief and there's a reason that we do. Let me introduce you to Kelly K. Walker. She is an international speaker, podcaster, manifesting coach, and author. As the queen of manifesting, she teaches clients how to make their goals a reality, especially their goals of higher visibility, bigger influence, and greater confidence as a coach and or speaker. She hosts speaking and manifesting cruises, speaks all over the world to female entrepreneurs, and does private and group coaching. Her goal is to help 1 million women out get out of wheel spinning, second guessing, and half success into creating the world-changing businesses of their dreams. Here's the interview. I'm so excited to have Kelly K. Walker with me today. She's going to share a little bit of her story. I know you're going to find it so inspirational. Um, it hasn't been easy, has it, Kelly? <laughs> no. Nope. Worth tell it, us, but not easy. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, where things were a few years ago. Well, when I was, um, when I was, when I was first married, okay, so we'll go back a little farther. When I was first married, we were older. We got married when we were almost 30. And so we're like, well, we should probably have kids pretty soon. So we did birth control for like a year and then we're like, okay, let's do it. And then we we never got pregnant. And then we still never got pregnant. And we started to get a little bit worried that we weren't getting pregnant. So uh, we went to the doctor and I had uh, PCOS, if you know what that is, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And um, it makes you really irregular. So it's super hard to 
predict when you could get pregnant and stuff. So we started doing uh, fertility treatments and they never worked, you know, so every round we'd get a big disappointment again. And finally it'd been eight years and we're like, well, we're kind of too old to have kids now. Cause by that time we were almost 40. And so we just kind of had, we just kind of gave up. We're like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it's not meant to happen, we're not going to force it. So we, well, we talk, talk to me a little bit about how painful that was. Oh my because gosh. That, I mean, <laughs> you, you're saying it like, oh yeah, this happened and this I happened. I know, right. But my goodness. I, I, that has to have been terribly painful if you had an expectation and a desire to have children. Yeah. And you know what? When I was growing up, I was the I was the one that always wanted babies. Like I had baby dolls. My sisters had Barbie dolls. Huge difference, right? I just wanted to be a mom. That, and, and I was so excited to grow up and be a mom. And so, you know, not getting married till age 30, already I was a little worried. And then, man, Sundays at church, they were the worst. All the moms. It was like, they just looked at their husbands and got pregnant and I couldn't understand why I couldn't. And I thought, you know, I just must be an awful person. <laughs> God doesn't want me to have babies because I'd ruin them because I had such a, oh, uh, such a rough uh, example of what parenting should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I did, I thought that I thought, well, Heavenly Father is protecting those babies from me. Oh, Kelly, that just is so painful. So, yeah, it was hard. Sundays, every week I would go home in tears. And, you know, eventually I had to stop going to church for a while because I just couldn't handle it. My husband would go alone and I would stay home so I wouldn't get completely hysterically crying every Sunday. But... We just decided we were going to just take whatever comes. The fertility treatments were just frustrating. They always made me really sick. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, we're just going to let whatever happens, happens. And so uh, we went on with life. And at work, I had a pretty stressful job. And then they hired somebody who was the meanest, most abusive human I had ever seen in a workplace. And he verbally abused us every day. He swore at us. He told us he was going to replace us with people who actually had talent and was just literally the worst person I've ever met. Mm. I mean, wow. I Yeah, it was horrible. So I quit. And the way I quit was first I planned a trip to Mexico and I went job hunting so that I wouldn't have to come back. Mm-hmm. to the same job. I I was like, let's just wipe this all clean, go on vacation, come back to a new job. So I did. I found a new job. I gave my two weeks notice for a for the amount of time I'd be gone <laughs> to Mexico. <laughs> so when I came back, I would start at my job my new job. So it was it was such a, a burden off of me. A, to not have to go back to that stressful job. B, to not have that horrible person in my life. And C, because I got to go to Mexico. (laughs) 
that was so fun. We went and stayed in a, a beachfront resort with our couple friend. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. Super relaxing, super fun. And when we got home, I got pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> Within a month, I was pregnant. Within a month of coming home from Mexico. And everybody joked, you know, oh, I bet you're going to have a little Mexican baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then my son came out with jaundice and he actually did look Mexican, oh. which was hilarious. <laughs> but poor little thing, he couldn't he couldn't stay awake long enough to eat enough to flush his body out so mm. so yeah he was pretty jaundiced for about probably six weeks mm -hmm. he had to sleep in one of those cases of light bulbs oh yeah oh gosh it was tra it was traumatic yeah, i bet but you know i was so happy to have him mm -hmm. it was amazing but we were lucky that it actually happened um because the pregnancy was horrible was mm. so bad I had toxemia and um, my high blood pressure became almost incontrollable. Mm. And then um, week 26, I had a little trauma. I, I, okay, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, so I won't say who, <laughs> but a well-meaning friend of ours, we went to go visit them and they took us um, driving through a field in a truck without mm. warning. and bounced me all over I ended up in the emergency room oh no and they said the baby had to be born tonight oh no yeah um but I got a blessing we prayed like crazy and I didn't move I laid there not moving in that bed all night long hoping that everything would calm down mm -hmm. all the levels would go to normal so he could stay in there for a while because week 26 that's really iffy um, so he, he made it through the night and he got to stay in and I stayed in the hospital for a week, but the stress of it, um, and him growing steadily into my lung space caused me to start having claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you've never had claustrophobia, I don't know if there's a really good way to explain it. But it felt like my lungs were always being um, just smushed. Like I, can't, I couldn't get a whole breath and I was always out of breath and I felt like the room was always closing in on me. Mm. And in the hospital, it was worse because I couldn't leave the hospital because I was on bed rest. And I thought, well, if I could just get home, this will stop. Well, they let me go home a week later and it didn't stop. And then mm. I got really scared. So for the next three months, I just had to live with a 24-hour panic attack. And that was the worst three months of my life. Three months of that, huh? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was such a mess. And they wouldn't give me anything because, you know, they didn't know if anything was safe for the baby. So mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't have anxiety medication or anything, wow. which I never had before. But at that point, I was like, please give me something. Yeah. But um, when he came out, they put me on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications, mm -hmm. and um, and and it helped a lot. <laughs> I started to become normal again, <laughs> my normal. Um, but uh, over the years, I tried to go off it several times because mm -hmm. I. I was like, okay, well, I don't really need it anymore. And I'd go off it and within a day I'd have another panic attack. 
Mm-hmm. So I realized that this was probably going to be for life. But the bad thing about antidepressants, at least with me, is they they lose their effectiveness. Okay. So pretty soon, there wasn't a big enough dose to work to, really? to take down the panic without also turning me into a zombie. Oh, okay. So then I went through my zombie phase. Mm. That was bad. That was ugly. I was just pretty much non-functional for how long did that last well um my son was 12 when i finally got out of it my goodness so for 12 years yeah for his whole growing up years yeah you were dealing with depression and panic and anxiety yeah Yeah. wow it was so rough yeah so rough that would be rough and, you know, he struggles with it now. And I always think, you know, I'm, I'm sure I contributed to that. I blame myself a lot. Mm. And we've tried a few medications and a few, you know, like personal development techniques and nothing seems to really help. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we're hoping we find him a solution that worked as good as mine. Yeah. But there's a lot of guilt there. Yeah. Guilt is a hard thing to work through. I hope that you're showing yourself some love and compassion through all that. You know, I I always tell myself, and I tell other people this, I tell clients this, and I believe it. So sometimes I have to remind it to me (laughs) that our children were sent to us for a reason and that we are the perfect parent for them absolutely we are the parent they need to become the person they need to be i believe that too you know i i tell this story about when carrie and david died my uh, my boys who were just older than them were 15 and 12 at the time and my daughters were off at college by this time and for the next three years I was just a mess and I I tried to show up for my boys but I just had so much I carried so much guilt that they didn't grow up in the same household that their sisters grew up in that they didn't have that same same level of attention and care and I just wasn't emotionally available at all And I finally came to the exact same conclusion that you just shared is that there was, that my guilt was unfounded. It wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't do any of that in a trying to harm them in any way. In fact, I worked really hard trying to show up for them, even though I could barely show up for myself. Right. Me too. And so I just, um, I finally came to the conclusion that, that, that exact same thing that you just said is that Heavenly Father knew when he sent those boys to me, he knew that Carrie and David were here for eight and 10 years. Yeah. He knew that I was going to struggle and that they were going to be teenagers in a household with a mom who was struggling and that that was their experience for learning and growing. Exactly the same conclusion. But it's not always easy for us, is it? 
Yeah, that's a tough one. The motherly guilt is one of the <laughs> one of the biggest trials we have mm. as parents, you know. Yeah, for thinking we're messing up our kids. <laughs> I think not. we just all realize that we're all messing up our kids, <laughs> and we just all have our own right. brand of it. Right, <laughs> they're getting the perfect kind of messed up that they need. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what, what you said you were, you know, felt like you were in this non-functioning zombie stage for 12 years. Yeah. What turned around? Because I don't know that zombie, Kelly. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're lucky. Yeah, she was interesting. But the, what happened is that it just got worse and worse and worse. And in 2016, um, it it really kind of started to hit rock bottom and I became really just checked out from life. And I, I got addicted to this video game online, just some stupid random video game online because my, it's so crazy how this happened. It's so crazy how some things happen. It is. My brother played this game and he had to go somewhere for a week or somewhere, I oh, know, for like a month. And he's like, Kelly, I can't lose my my whatever in this game. Will you just go on every day and collect my stuff for me while I'm gone? Oh, funny. And I was like, sure. Okay. But I ended up making my own account. And I could see why he was worried. I mean, like, it is highly addictive. Like, wow. it should be outlawed. But, <laughs> you know, for people that people that have issues it's it's not a good thing to get into because Mm -hmm. it is so addictive it's well what I was addicted to was escape exactly yeah I just needed to escape that was your way of coping exactly I couldn't face what I'd become Mm -hmm. and the guilt I felt for what I'd become and so that's that's what I did I came home I would get on the computer I'd play all night just I'd let everybody fed for themselves I'd get up and cook really fast and then come right back to the computer. But it was bad. I mean, I I call it my mombie years, you know, the mom zombie. I was a mombie. Mm-hmm. And then in January of 2017, it it started to spill into work pretty heavily and I got fired. Oh wow. I had never been fired. And I felt like I felt like my world had just crumbled. Like the world had decided that I was a worthless human Mm. to the point where I couldn't even have a job. And so that was like, that was the, the last straw for me. And I just, I dissolved after that. And so for three months, I didn't, I hardly ever got dressed. I hardly ever, left my computer. I stayed up playing all night and I slept all day so I didn't have to interact with my family. It was horrible. Mm. And the guilt of how I was acting was even worse. And it made me want to escape more. So I was like in this downward spiral Spiral. of guilt, escape, guilt, escape, guilt, escape. And then I got an email from somebody I barely knew who said, I've got some friends with a bunch of extra tickets to this 
um, this thing called Master Influence. I'm not selling them. I'm just letting everybody know. So if you're interested, call these people. And, you know, I, I, it's something, something said, <laughs> something said to me, you need to pay attention to this email. <laughs> this, this is important. I didn't know why. I'd never heard of, you know, personal development seminars. I didn't know that was a thing. And I was certainly not anywhere into personal development at that point. But I felt like I should go. And so I contacted one of those ladies on the list and got a ticket. And I went. I got dressed for the first time in probably a week. And I drove up to Salt Lake all by myself. And I went to this thing. And when I walked in the door, <laughs> you've been to this event. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the energy shooting out of those doorways. <laughs> I have never felt anything like it. It it like almost physically knocked me over. Wow. And you know my va- my vibration at that point was so low. It yeah. didn't take much. Well, you were in despair. I was literally in despair. Yeah. And it was like uh, a ray of sunshine through the blackest clouds I'd been living through. And so yeah, it was amazing, and I loved it, and I hated it at the same time. <laughs> and when I was there, I met a lady who was also attending, and she gave me a ticket to a different seminar by a different person. And it was like the first seminar times 10. Like, the energy was even higher and more loving and more crazy and more fun. And... I I just I just bathed in it. I drank it up, and I went to a seminar every month for eight months. Wow! And and this wasn't just a half day seminar. Three full days. Three full days every month for eight months. Yeah, yeah. It was a big time commitment. But I, but after my second month, I got made a team leader. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch the people that were like me when they first showed up and watch them over the three days <laughs> and see them go through a transformation like I had. Mm-hmm. And every month my transformation got bigger and bigger and bigger until I was a completely different person. I was reading books I'd never read. I was hiring coaches right and left, going to classes. I mean, I was. I was relearning how to be a human. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I went off all my medications. Wow. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell you this, but cold turkey. <laughs> oh, wow. And um, I learned yeah, how to And we don't be, recommend that for anyone not listening. recommend that. Please <laughs> we do, do not, not recommend do that. that. <laughs> don't. But um, I learned tapping to deal with my panic attacks. Mm. And so when they would come and they did, they did come, I, I would do the tapping routine Mm -hmm. and they would subside and and it was enough to get me through. And, you know, I, I got my first coaching client in November of 2017. Mm -hmm. Also my first speaking gig uh, in December of 2017. And I had just become a completely different person. 2017 was like the year of transformation for me. 
Yeah. From January to December, I was a 100% completely different person. So, so it wasn't just the seminars. What no. Was it? That, that's, that was the trigger. That was the catalyst. The tr- yes, that yeah. was the catalyst. The difference was that I changed my mind about who I was. Mm-hmm. I changed my mind about my worth, my ability, my influence my vibration, like I learned so many things about how we determine who we are by our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to change my thoughts about myself. Yeah. That's what it really boils down to. I changed the way I thought about myself. Definitely. And I decided I was pretty awesome. You are pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it just remarkable, the difference? Because you know, well, I'll I'll tell you guys, before Kelly and I turned on the recording, she says, well, I don't know that I have a loss story. And then I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you, you have had a lifetime of loss and grief yeah. that you didn't know how to deal with. That right. was just being, was just bringing you down and yep. just continue to bring your vibration. Because, because when when bad things happen, it automatically brings our vibration down to that level yes. of constriction. Mm-hmm. And when we don't know what to do, then we spiral like you did because yeah. we don't know what to do. So we're just sitting down there absorbing all the other negative emotions that exist yeah. in that space. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You stew in it. You based in it. <laughs> it's so bad. So I imagine you had to to really create totally different habits for yourself. Oh my gosh! <laughs> tell 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 me a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about that. The first thing I did of of all the things is that I started a morning routine. I never had a morning routine. I would get out of bed as late as possible, scramble to get everybody ready, get out of the house, and go to work. And so the first thing I did was make myself a list of things to do every morning. And then I realized I can't do this with what time I get up. I need to get up earlier. So at that point, I was sleeping 10, 12 hours a night. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't going to work for me anymore. And so I had learned about declarations and manifesting. And so I decided to start saying every day, I wake up at 4.30 a.m. or earlier every morning, refreshed and ready to start my day. Those are my exact words. The problem with that sentence is that I said or earlier. Because every day I wake up at 3.30, because I said or earlier, (laughs) instead of 4.30, (laughs) Usually I go back to bed. Sometimes I stay up, but I, I get up very early to get all of those things done now. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny because I used to think when I was sleeping 12 hours a night, I was always exhausted. And Mm -hmm. I used to think I just need more sleep. No, I did not. I just needed a lot less sleep. I needed about half the amount of sleep. And so now I have so many more hours in the day. I get so much done in the morning, you know, before I even think about 
you know, getting online and starting working or whatever, because I work from home now because I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made a huge difference. Morning routines will change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's what you put on that morning routine because you obviously had, and when you talk about declarations, yeah. so, some people call them affirmations, um, I am statements. You you obviously were really reprogramming yourself in a Absolutely. big way. Oh, and I did a belief breakthrough every morning with my husband. So every, he started going with me to these events also and he also had a transformation which is so good that we did it together it was Mm -hmm. amazing but every morning for a year every morning for a year that's so long we would go into our breakthrough room which is the living room we took the tv out we put up uh, artwork of beautiful inspirational things we put our personal development books in there a picture of the savior and and that's our breakthrough room. There's, you know, we don't do TV in there. It's just a place of calm. It's kind of a sacred room. And so we'd each do a breakthrough and we keep a track of it in a journal. So if, if you, do you know what a belief breakthrough is? I've heard you, but I'm, I'm sure our audience doesn't. So go ahead oh. and share just a little bit. Oh, about they're that. so cool. So it's just like a, it's like a 10 step process that you, you can do it on yourself. I do it on myself a lot, but it's funner with a companion to do it with. But you ask yourself, what's holding me back the most right now? So, you, you know, you start by getting grounded so that you're, you're open to inspiration. And so whatever's holding you back comes up and you say, okay, well, what's the memory that goes with that? What memory created that block in my life? Mm-hmm. So then you just kind of scan your memories and whatever pops up, that's the one you use. And then you process that memory. You know, um, what you decide about yourself that was false during that event? Mm-hmm. And what would you rather believe? And what does it cost you to have that old belief? And um, basically, what's your next step in making this new belief the permanent one and letting mm-hmm. go of the old false one. So it's just like a 10 step process. It takes maybe 20 minutes, but it's so powerful. I've used it on every aspect of my life and I've, I've done about probably five or 600 of them now. Wow. That's very really amazing. Cool. That's really yeah. awesome. So tell us a little more about what life looks like now, <laughs> now that you're not zombie Kelly. Right? Now that you're energetic, lively, lovely <laughs> Kelly. Oh, well, my uh, my family is a lot freaking happier. That's for sure. <laughs> um, we we love to go out in nature. We go out in nature and um, recharge frequently. We love going outside. I used to never go outside. I hate it outside. Okay. <laughs> um, we don't really watch TV. We, we are like, we don't even have cable. We got rid of cable. We're like, we don't want to waste our time watching television. So we read, we are, we're, we're on Facebook a lot doing like trainings and Facebook lives. And I have this Facebook group that I love that it, we just passed a thousand members last week. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But I teach people how to manifest the influence they need to go out and change the world. Just like I did. Yeah. So basically I teach people 
how to become awesome influencers and manifest other goals. And that's, that's what I do now. I do everything to keep my vibration up. I, 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 I work on decluttering. My office is completely redone and I totally love it. It's just, it's such a different life. And I don't do things that lower my vibration. Mm-hmm. I protect my vibration so carefully now. So tell, just briefly, share like a couple of things that lower vibration and a couple of things that raise your vibration. For those that are not familiar, yes. I talk a little bit about this too. And I I <clears throat> shared quite a bit about the vibrational pull of grief in yeah. uh, the workshops that I've done recently. But right. for those that aren't familiar with it, just share a couple of ideas of things that raise vibration and those things that lower vibration. Okay. Number one thing I have seen that lowers vibration is complaining. Mm -hmm. So looking at the, what somebody I know calls it finding the dark cloud and the silver lining. (laughs) (laughs) So complaining about other people, complaining about yourself. And um, also I find that watching a lot of TV Mm. lowers your vibration. Um, but, oh man, raising your vibration is so fun and easy. My number one thing is called the Grata Ranch, which I invented. (laughs) Someday I might trademark it. I don't know. But, um, you can do it. The more people you do it with, the funnier it gets. But you just start by saying one thing you're grateful for. And then the other person says something they're grateful for. And you just go as fast as you can, like a game. Okay. And... I mean, we always end up laughing. Sometimes I end up crying because I'm so grateful for what I'm talking about. Yeah. So like sometimes we go so deep, I'm bawling in gratitude. Yeah. That's my favorite gratitude raiser. Um, That and complimenting other people, looking for good in people and pointing it out to them. Huge vibration raiser. Huge. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that's going to be a blessing to to everyone that's listening. And if you're listening, try these things. Try to maybe cut out a little bit of TV during Mm -hmm. the week. You don't have to go cold turkey. (laughs) Try to watch more uplifting things. Yeah. Or look at what you're watching. TV's not inherently bad, just... Yeah, but I I can see where that that could definitely be a energy zapper because it's it's so passive and yes. we're and we're really allowing what's happening on the TV screen to program us exactly. like we really are and yeah. so um but you know it's not all or nothing it's not black or white it's right. like let's do a little better tomorrow than we did yeah. let's do a little better today than we did yesterday i was going to say <laughs> that the wrong direction but <laughs> i think i got it right now but any um any advice that you would I mean I loved what you just shared but is there anything else that you would share that you feel like oh I just want to make sure that I share this piece You know what I think probably the biggest takeaway myself from the last 3 years is that it really is a decision whether you are living the life you want to or not living the life you want to. And I never understood that. I always felt hopeless and like everything 
was laid out for me. This is how it's going to be. This is your place. You can't change it. You are a poor girl who was abused. You will never make money. You'll never be happy. You'll never influence anyone. This is your law in life. And that's how I felt. And then when I realized that that was absolutely false and that me believing it made it true for me, woo! I mean, wow, my whole world changed. So lights went on. Yes. So it really is a matter of choice. No matter how powerless you feel, it it's false. You are never powerless. Yeah. And that is a huge thing to realize. Your life will completely change when you internalize the fact that you have complete control over your life. I love that. Thanks for sharing that with us. So tell us about where people can reach you, what you have going on right now. Um, my website is a really good place to find me, and that is called thequeenofmanifesting.com. And uh, right now I'm planning a speaker training cruise. You are. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Um, we're, we're sailing in October to Jamaica, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel. And I have professional trainers coming in speaking and in sales. So actually make a living as a speaker. You can learn all the, all the things, all the secrets. And um, plus everyone that comes gets to speak and get their presentation um, critiqued. And you become an international speaker because international waters. <laughs> <laughs> So that's super fun. I'm, I This is my third cruise I've taken people on. So I'm always excited about my cruises. I do at least one a year. That's really fun. Yeah. That's really fun. And then I'm well, doing you're a, just enjoying life. I am. I am so enjoying life. And my woodpeckers had babies. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tree outside my office that woodpeckers adopted about um, probably six weeks ago and their babies hatched yesterday or the day before. And it is just the funnest thing to watch. They feed those babies probably every five minutes all day long. I don't know when they rest. (laughs) They take turns, the mom and dad, the dad has a red head and the mom has a regular head. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that is a perfect perfect object lesson, isn't it? They feed them constantly. So we really do have to ask ourselves, what are we feeding ourselves? Right. What thoughts are we feeding on? So absolutely. You're awesome. Thank you so much for (laughs) being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. (laughs) It was a blast. Isn't Kelly wonderful? It was exciting. It was fun to interview her and to share that with you. If you want some help with your grief and moving forward, I highly recommend, I highly recommend that you schedule your free discovery call right now. Don't wait any longer. Let's talk. Go to the show notes and there's a link right there to get started. And if this episode has been helpful to you, will you please subscribe, rate, and review? That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.